welcome to the Lawyer Life Podcast, where the personal, professional, and political intersect. Each week, we cover a topic to help ourselves and other lawyers navigate our days with a little less stress, and ideally, a lot more fulfillment. On today's episode, we talk connections. We ask, how can building true and authentic relationships help our practice evolve and grow? I am Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Oh, Darlene. Darlene, Darlene, Darlene. (laughs) Nice to be connecting with you on this fine Friday morning. Yes. (laughs) How are you? This has been a week. I've had a a week of, I would say, uh, more stress and uh, less fulfillment. Right. Well, the other day when we spoke and you said that you had not had a break since 6 a.m., that was 6 p.m. and no lunch and no breaks. That was, I refer you to our high performance episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. It's been, and and it's been a few days like that. Um, So uh, I'm happy that it's Friday and I'm happy to be talking to you because this is an enjoyable experience. Um, Yes, this is becoming a very, uh, it's a very grounding part of the week. And mm -hmm. I think it's, for me, it's like all the ideas that I come across during the week. Um, What's really nice about this podcast is it it gets me up, well, me a place for them, if if you agree that they're a good topic for the show. And then um, it's just something to look forward to and order your thoughts and think on a different level than work. I agree. Do you ever, you know, the shows that are like Grey's Anatomy or similar shows where the episode occurs and then there's like a monologue at the end of the episode as you watch the people finish whatever they were doing during the episode? You know that kind of model? Not really, but I'll take your word for it. You're the TV person in this relationship. Anyway, that's what I feel like the podcast is is for our week. It's like we go through the oh. week and then, you know, there's stuff that comes up and we channel, you know, and then we all seem to resolve it or, or at least process it hmm. together on this thing, which is nice. And it does shape our practice. And the thing is, it's, uh, I think, yes, we, we do. I think as lawyers, you know, the goal is to try to be doing this stuff, uh, focusing on fulfillment and re- stress reduction in all those times when it is possible to kind of give you a bit of, uh, I don't know what it is, like insurance or protection or something when you get into those periods where it's not, you know, you get a really stressful week. Hopefully you've built up some resilience before that week starts. Mm -hmm. To make my segue, as I always try to do, what's helpful in weeks of stress is actually uh, working with those, your support group, those around you, the people you have connections with, uh, which is really important to, uh, you know, to, to get through the, the more difficult times and also to evolve and, and grow as a person and lawyer, I say. I think, so. I think that's right. Yeah. So, okay. So today we're talking about connections and also how to establish and build them. And I suppose a lot of times when we talk about building connections, people immediately think about networking. And that is kind of like a dirty word in our, like it doesn't have a good connotation generally. I think not. I mean, not for me. Um, like, I never like to say that I'm I'm networking. And whenever it's a networking event, I don't know. Just, I put it in the same camp as complex, as a term mm-hmm. that might need to hit the road. My dad calls <laughs> parties where you, like, co- basically, like, cocktails or whatever, where you, he calls them stand-up idiot parties. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> he doesn't like the format, which I think is, is the, I think when I hear networking, I think it's going to be, all right, we're at this place. Everybody's trying to balance their glass of whatever with a plate of uh, cheeses and grapes mm-hmm. and make, you know, small talk uh, with folks just generally about the, what we're up to. And it's not necessarily, you know, that full or wholesome or authentic of an experience a lot of the time. 
Well, I think that's right. And so why we wanted what sparked this podcast is we saw an article talking about how women we had we spoke about gender last week. And we saw an article talking about how women's way of networking is very different. And it's something that there's just been a huge study on. And it shows that sort of the traditional advice about how to network is not the way that women have gotten ahead. So some of the conversations about, you know, different issues about gender and law often center on, well, women aren't giving the, they're not given the same networking opportunities. And what, what the study said was, and we'll tag to this in the show notes, um, but what it said was women maybe don't need to have equal opportunities to, you know, golf and go to whatever the networking event is, or if they feel sort of alienated by certain events, they may have their own structures that are, are more successful. So it led me to think, well, how is that true in my life so far? And what what is my networking style? Which brings me to my questions for today, Darlene. How is that true in oh. your life? <laughs> and what is your networking style? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, well, when I looked back, so one of the points that that article makes is that women tend to have more of like a, a tight network of friends, like mm. a network of people that they have built up. And so the, the article kind of made the point that, um, you know, women are sort of comfortable with this idea of it takes a village. When I look at my my work relationships and my my network, so to speak, it is broad, but when I actually drilled down, I actually I took my client list and tried to figure out, okay, how did I get each of these clients? What was the nexus between me and that client? Um, so many of these things are relationship based. It's either based on work that I've done, um, someone I know, someone I've helped, um, word of mouth from a client to another client, um, but always not a business card at a cocktail party, you know, not a golf match that I was invited to, God forbid. <laughs> um, I could golf if I had to. Mm-hmm. I know the rules. Um, but, you know, it was never something, the the superficial interaction, like I think when I have seen networking done, what I think is badly, I will say, um, and what I think is people feel a lot of pressure to do. So hopefully this podcast will reduce some of that pressure. Um, it's often this idea of like the more business cards, the more people you meet, the more uh, people are aware of your business by the end of the cocktail party or the conference or whatever, the better. That has not been my experience. My experience is you need to make an authentic connection that people remember. So I have had Mm. the odd thing where I sat beside someone at a breakfast and they've emailed me years later and said, I remember that your business model is this. Can you help with X, Y, Z? Um, but they're not like the, the solid clients that I, that I really have had relationships with over the years are all, um, people I've had a a connection with or have helped in some way or, um, authentically believe are doing something very interesting and had a great conversation about it. So does that sound like what you would have expected as the answer? It does. And I think it like, it makes sense because especially with what we're trying to do on this podcast is like the idea of going to a networking event and the, you know, the goal of talk to as many people as I can and get my business cards out and, you know, follow the script and blah, 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 be the perfect person. That sounds stressful. What sounds fulfilling uh, is, you know, having in-depth authentic chats with a lesser amount of folks that actually uh, build a true authentic relationship. And that would be a nice thing. I always try to have an interesting conversation and it's never really about work. Like I don't talk about the business the whole time. I talk about something of, you know, common interest and try to learn more about the other 
you know, what the other person's doing. And I don't know what well, starts there. And that's, you know, uh, maybe it's something that you've come upon naturally, but that's also, um, I think a skill or, or at least, you know, for, for, for lawyers that are starting out, it might seem that, you know, the approach, if you take prospective clients out for lunch is that you have to prove to them how smart and experienced uh, and wonderful you are. Uh, we're actually, um, that's not often not the conversation people are looking to have. Um, it, but it feels that way sometimes when you, uh, when you, you know, don't, you don't necessarily, you haven't done this a lot and you don't have the perspective. And uh, I know from, uh, you know, being part of uh, recruitment times uh, at firms that, especially as students, it can be hard to figure out what, uh, you know, you're meant to talk about what you're meant to do, for example, at uh, a mixer uh, for OCIs or, you know, if you're in a different city for any recruitment period. Um, oh my gosh, can I offer two tips? Please. <laughs> on that on that note, yeah. I think at those mixers, the key is, I think, two two standout tips that I would give if there was, if ever anyone asked me, which you didn't really, but I'm going to like... Hey, Darlene, can you give me two tips for these uh, networking events that I don't attend anymore? <laughs> okay, uh, sure. Thanks for asking. Um, one is you don't know who at that party is the decision maker. You do not know. Mm -hmm. You can't tell from title. You can't tell from age. You can't tell from gender. You can't tell from uh, any outward sign. And I think the, the thing to consider is your job is to go in and be someone that is interesting, kind, um, you know, open, approachable. And, you know, that's really it. No one is going to say, oh, my God, that person talked about X like that. I don't, that has not been my experience. But um, I would say the the main mistake I've seen, and I think is actually, it's a mistake, but it's also uh, a, a, a illuminating mistake, which is people going in and thinking, oh, looking past the uh, junior associate and thinking, I need to talk to a partner because that's how I will, you know, check the box mm -hmm. of having succeeded at this network party. Not necessarily true. If the partner's not on the recruiting committee, it, it won't matter at all that you spoke to them potentially. So depends on the firm. Every firm is different. No one knows. Just I think that's a key thing to be aware of because then you don't leave feeling like you talked to the right person. You didn't talk to the right person because you don't really know. And the second thing I would say is from the minute you walk into the firm, everyone is someone that you are building a relationship with, including the receptionist, mm -hmm. the person who walks you to the cocktail party, the people who bring the food. You know, everyone is part of that firm. And what you when you're walking into that ecosystem, you're walking into a network of their relationships. And, you know, I think that rudeness to anyone at the firm, it doesn't matter who is like a serious issue. And beyond that, I mean, yeah, I guess you might accidentally make an offensive comment or, you know, something like that. That's probably not going to be great for networking. But other than that, those are those are kind of the two big ticket items. If you can walk out and have been kind and respectful and authentic like I think that's it don't you yeah I would say those are the I would those are two important tips I do wonder if there is a place you know to have the three things about you that are interesting or something in the back of your head uh, especially in this scenario where people mm. don't know anything about you um, and not and find an authentic a truly authentic and not just like speaking of whatever i once did this completely unrelated thing like not that 
Um, but right. if, it, if there is an opportunity or at least be ready for questions about, you know, where are you from or what's your background? Like you should, you, cause people will pose those to you. So I think it is good to be prepared, but, um, you know, and, and kind of understand what would set you apart. So people can not honestly remember you after talking to, you know, dozens of folks in one night. Uh, it is good to be a little bit strategic, but I think overall, those are, are two wonderful tips. I also think, you know, if you don't make an immediate connection with someone, like there are lots of people at the party. Um, I think when you're at those, those events, you can just kind of move along and it's a service to both parties. And so that takes a certain level of awareness and, and, you know, when we were chatting, just when we set things up today, you mentioned a phrase, which is interesting. Was it uh, connection intelligence? Something? Yes. Connectional intelligence. Yeah. Instead of networking, they say, talk about getting ahead and delivering results by harnessing the power of your relationships. <clears throat> so it's not the, it's not the person you meet at the cocktail party. It's like figuring out how the relationships you've established over your life mm-hmm. can be harnessed and you can kind of plug them in to your overall business strategy, which is, I think, kind of what I would say um, is what it feels like as I go through my day. You know, there are a lot of players in in this business and a lot of people who support it and um, who I have been friends with for, you know, 20, 30 years, some of them. Right. (laughs) Right? Like be a friend, I think, is my number one networking, uh, you know, connecting strategy. So I guess it's kind of knowing who in your network you have a relationship that can be helpful to you or to them or ideally mutually beneficial. Um, that's what works for me. And this is what I would say is like the takeaway from this, even this podcast should be the truth is find what works for you. you kind of look back and you think, well, how have I always made my friends? Like how have I had success in building new connections? Like where are my strongest relationships and where, how did those come about? Because I think, the answer is a bit personal to people. Um, and I think for my answer won't be the same as someone else's. A lot of networking is kind of reaching out, asking how people are doing, keeping in mind where people are at, what's going on in their life. Do they have a new baby? You know, what's up? <laughs> new job, anything. Any life transition to me is an opportunity to, to connect with somebody. Man, I could talk about this all day. This is like turning out to be my mm-hmm. all-time favorite topic. I won't though. <laughs> I really well, this is valuable. This is valuable stuff, I think, for people, especially, um, you know, who are perhaps don't have as, as full of a network as they desire or who are just starting out and need to, you know, obviously part of be- being successful is to build that network. Um, and so this is this is useful information. Well, and even in law school, like for anyone who's still in the early days of, of law school, um, that is a big opportunity to demonstrate your character for three years with your future class of peers. Um, to this day, I get mm-hmm. referrals from my class, um, not just my class, but from people I knew at uh, U of T. And it was, yeah, I mean, if you saw people being maybe not their best, they might not be the people that you would trust with a matter for your for your client. Um, like it's a chance to sort of show who you are, maybe not what kind of lawyer you are, because it's a little early, but uh, certainly to develop trust and be kind again, always regardless of who you're dealing with. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's definitely a, a networking source that starts at the beginning and can be there for the whole career. For sure. So we're talking about, you know, the, it's important to recognize that 
having connections and, and, and a network and a, and a group of folks to support you is important for, you know, professional and personal reasons. Absolutely. And the way that we can get there, um, is by understanding what has led us to establish the relationships we currently hold. And so even if it's, you know, not the perhaps more superficial going to networking events and throwing your cards around, is it the fact that I just am really good at developing deep relationships uh, focused on uh, interesting conversation? Or, you know, is that what motivates me to reach out to people or helping people or, or rallying around a common cause? And once we start to nail down into how exactly we've established the relationships that we hold dear, we can try to replicate that and and grow the network if that's what we so desire. Fair? Fair. And I would add to mm. that, like your work is a form of business development, right? So doing good work is the absolute best form of business development. Um, and the other thing that I think is often overlooked when I was looking through my client list for this, you know, in preparation for this episode, I was like, you know, two of my biggest clients are people mm-hmm. who I negotiated against. And then they called me years later and said, you know, you have your own thing now. Can you help us? Um, that's a source, of, too, of relationships, right? Like everyone's trying to, especially in the world that I'm in, I'm a commercial lawyer trying to get mm-hmm. things done um, where everyone has an interest in closing a deal. So it, uh, it it works for me. You don't know. You do not know where that next client is coming from. So I think if you get to the end of your day and you think, I did a whole bunch of business development with my good work today and the way I treated people, you know, that's that's a form of it. And within a firm, with your partners, with your associates, like with the students, with people that you, um, you know, even your assistant, like they may go to another firm, they may go in-house, you know, anyone that you're treating well is a source. So that's, I think, the key final point is that the work, the work is a form of doing this stuff. So if you do that, you're, you're kind of, you don't need to add. I'm nervous to add another to-do into Mike's day. <laughs> it's going to crumble. <laughs> given, given our discussion about millennials, just don't worry about it. You don't need to be out at cocktail parties on top of everything that you have to do in your life. You're, you know, being a good person in a, in your dealings with clients and, and the other side is, is a form of, of developing business, I think. Yeah. The, you know, these potential sources are like Santa Claus. They know if you've been bad or good. That's right. (laughs) Be good, for goodness sake. um, Yeah, it's just better to be on our best behavior. Yes, like the Santa Claus. That's a good good way. You're always so good at summarizing these points into into real life. Explain it to me like I'm five, you know? That's what... It's good. That's what I I need. So, okay, uh, we'll take a break, and we will be back with our goods. Right. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law, experienced legal counsel, when and where you need us. How convenient. To learn more about Interalia, visit the website spelled I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. Thanks so much. And we are back to discuss our goods. Goods are things that we want to promote and support. Darlene, do you have a good? I have a good that touches on a bunch of things, actually. I have been noticing, so for a long time, as as you know, I'm really interested in what other areas of 
uh, other areas can teach lawyers. So for example, I think that the world of um, kind of new age thinking has a lot to tell lawyers, um, the world of music creation, all that stuff. Like there's so many lessons to be learned from other areas. And I'm starting to see this uh, more and more. I don't know if it's just because these are the things that I like to read, but um, even this week I saw something called A Rocker's Guide to Management, and it was in The Economist, uh, sort of a sister publication of The Economist. Um, and it was talking about what what rock stars and the way that they run their bands um, teaches us about business or like the lessons that we can learn. And I think, first of all, potential topic for another podcast because it was an interesting article. But second, just this idea that, you know, business doesn't, isn't this kind of pristine thing that happens that business people do, <laughs> that like rock stars do music and business people do business and lawyers do law. Like, I think all those silos are coming down. And I think that's a mm -hmm. definite, definite good. Yeah. Um, I read that article after you shared it with me. Uh, and it is quite interesting. And, and it's always fun to draw, you know, from models that don't seem to align perfectly. But when you really start to consider it, there's some some great uh, lessons we can take. Um, my good uh, in this, uh, you know, in light of this freezing cold uh, winter month, there's always an, uh, a very bright light that uh, starts to shine for me in February, which mm -hmm. is... February-ish, uh, there is a couple large trucks that leave the Rogers Center in downtown Toronto and go down to Dunedin, Florida, because they're carrying the Toronto Blue Jays equipment right. for spring training. That is the first sign that we're getting out of this. And this month, we are now in February, this very month, my Toronto Blue Jays, my beloved Toronto Blue Jays, will be playing baseball games in Florida by the end of the month. And boy, oh boy, that's exciting. Have That's you good. ever gone down to watch spring training? Last year I went. You did? And I might, I might, we might go down this year too. Yeah. Okay. It's That's great. very cool. It's a tiny little field. They're going to be renovating it. So I think this is the last year you can go and see it in its current state. Uh, it's a tiny little field in like a neighborhood. It backs onto a school. It's so <laughs> unexpected. Uh, and you get to see, you know, Major League Baseball players quite close up and uh, in the Florida weather, which is lovely for us Canadians. That's we appreciate amazing. that weather. Yep. Do you know much. how many Canadians go to Florida, Florida specifically, every year? I saw this this week. I do not know. Guess. Um, like 500,000? 3 million. What? Isn't that out of control? Okay, for context for our international listeners, the population of Canada <laughs> is 34 million last time I checked. Yeah, it's almost roughly. a tenth. Yeah, the, almost one in 10 Canadians go to Florida specifically, not just the U.S. I would be interested to know if that stat is the same for uh, 2017 and 2018 as it was for previous yeah, years. Are changing. I'd be interested. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's, let's take the political out of our uh, personal podcast. Okay. okay, nice to chat with you. Well, thanks so much. Uh, and we will talk next week. Talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.